Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. April is here, and that means it's time for basketball playoffs. You can use our promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V, Five zero to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Then you can use that 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online Sportsbook to place a plus 6,000 bet on my Sacramento Kings to light the beam and win the NBA championship. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And this is, of course, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is a fantabulous April 4th, 2023, 4-4 on the calendar I hope everyone is having a fantabulous day, however and whenever it is you might be listening. Real quick, let's talk about the men's Final Four in college basketball. My hometown of San Diego did not win the championship, and they didn't need to win the championship because San Diego has already won for years and years to come. They don't need to win a national championship because San Diego does not belong in the conversation of winning a national championship. It was incredible that they made it this far. They delivered a Final Four buzzer beater that will live for all time in the lore of San Diego sports. It's a moment that will be remembered forever. And forget championships, San Diego really hasn't had many moments that they remember forever. With stakes and storylines and drama and entertainment... Them ending up on the right side of one of these chaotic, crazy moments, a 14-point comeback that got them to the championship. San Diego got to have their moment, and I talked about last week when they made the Final Four how there's a lot of conflicting emotions when it comes to San Diego playing in the championship. The San Diego State Athletic Department is at worst covering up and at best exhibiting gross negligence when it comes to dealing with sexual assault on their campus. And it's a problem that far too often exists on college campuses and the burden is placed on the victims and women to be the people who solve the problems in a lot of these cases. And it's unfair. And San Diego State, as a essentially functioning government, did not do its proper job to protect its people and the pe- the young people who join the campus and pay money like 
like a form of taxes in the intuition and operate like a functional government. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So San Diego State's athletic department losing does bring a little bit of solace. And while I didn't graduate from San Diego State, it's a team that I grew up rooting for, grew up five minutes away, wrote a book on Kawhi Leonard because of how interesting the Kawhi Leonard story is. And San Diego is in a really, really interesting space where they got a championship moment, not quite for all of time, but they get a championship moment that will be the defining moment of their basketball program. And San Diego had never made it beyond the Sweet 16 until this year, and they went on this incredible run to the championship game. It's a moment that will live forever for San Diego State. It's a moment that we didn't think was possible. I know when I was thinking three weeks ago there was no scenario in which I could have contemplated San Diego playing for a championship, and now San Diego is here. They got their championship moment, and it was really incredible to watch that play out, even in a 17-point loss against UConn where they never really had a chance. The entire game they scored, I think it was 10 points right out the gate, And after scoring 10 points right out the gate, San Diego didn't score a field goal for eight minutes. (laughs) It was a defensive showcase from UConn, which if you would have had me guessing, I would have guessed that San Diego State would be the team that put on a defensive showcase because that's what San Diego does. They play strong defense. They put up a 59-50 game, and they'll win with mucking it up on the defensive end of the floor. And San Diego State mucked it up a little bit. It was a lot of free throws and interior post-up moves for UConn. And that was how UConn ended up winning the championship, was mucking it up and mucking it up better than San Diego State does. So UConn got to win that championship. San Diego got their moment. It was really cool to watch. San Diego get that moment as someone born and raised there now living in Sacramento connection to his hometown coming through sports I've talked about this before with San Diego many many times and more specifically I have talked about it in recent years with the Padres and the incredible championship moment they delivered when they beat the the 111 win Dodgers which had me shook as you heard on this podcast so to have that moment and then four months later to be delivered one that just wasn't even fathomable. Like the the Padres were bad for 15 years, but you could at least contemplate them making the playoffs. They did it in 2020. They had moments like you could at least contemplate them being good. San Diego State making the Final Four was something I talked about as a child because I loved Mountain West basketball. It was TCU against San Diego State because Mountain West was the best conference in college basketball. And apparently I didn't dream big enough as a child because San Diego could make a championship game. They could hit a Final Four buzzer beater. The real-life results as a 21-year-old were less than what I dreamed could be possible as an 8- or 9-year-old going to watch San Diego play basketball. So... For them to come out at the end and and almost win the championship was incredible. I feel no sadness with them losing because there were no expectations in the first place. I wasn't super emotionally invested. For most of the game, we were doing the Mock Draft Monday with Joe Camo, which you can check that out. If you go to my Twitter, you can find the link to that. It was a really fun show that we did. 
it's okay. San Diego lost, and we will move on with our lives as if this run weren't something that was totally unprecedented and unbelievable and delivered multiple incredible moments that will live forever. The free throw at the end of the Creighton game to win a national championship. Like, the San Diego State didn't win the national championship, but they won a national championship. They got to take home a trophy at the end of this whole incredible run. And so for San Diego to have that was really, really fun. And the run was great. I got to learn about all these players in the moment, the way someone who's not a deep fan investing time and energy would. It was great to learn about Lamont Butler and Matt Bradley. I knew about Mensa and Seiko and Arope because they had been there since the 2020 team, which was really the last time I deeply cared about a college basketball team because San Diego State was 30-2. and two in the regular season. It might be the last college basketball team I ever deeply invest in because I'm just not a college basketball person anymore. So to have the remnants of that team in Seiko and Mensa and Arope to still be there and then to have the new guys like Lamont Butler, whose name will be remembered forever, to have AG and uh, Matt Bradley have their names forever, Keyshaw Johnson being a name in there. Darian Trammell crying and learning his story was awesome. Darian Trammell being the guy who won with a free throw at the end of the Creighton game. Real quick, I'm going to play Darian Trammell's post game after advancing to the Final Four because it's a it's a really cool story. If you want humanizing stories that come out of this whole thing, I thought this was a really beautiful way for Darian Trammell to to celebrate winning and talking about his his late brother and his motivation Uh, he's a guy who came from junior college and went to seattle pacific transferred over to san diego state just a a story to root for this is darian trammell talking to cbs after the elite eight victory against creighton where he hit the game winning free throw for san diego what's going through your mind when you miss that first free throw and you make the second to send san diego state to the final four it's all about believing in yourself. Uh, I feel like I put in the work. I had nothing to be nervous about. Um, I think the game, it's just, it's just a game. Uh, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for people back home. My grandpa, my brother who I lost. I'm just doing it for them. Where do these emotions come from? It's just my journey, like what I've been through. It's just a blessing to be here. And to be able to have the opportunity to knock down the sweet throws from my brothers so we can celebrate. Darian Trammell is a name that I learned along with Lamont Butler. Then that's one of the cool things about these March Madness runs. I remember when it was Loyola Chicago in 2018. Every game it was a different player who had a moment. Against Miami, it was one guy who hit a a three-pointer. Then it was a different player who had the double-double in the round of 32. Then in the Sweet 16, different player hits a game-winning three-pointer. Lead 8, it's a different player who had the game-sealing three-pointer with 40 seconds to play. You learned all the players, and San Diego State kind of had one of those runs where one game it's... Darian Trammell hitting the game-winning free throw. Then it's Matt Bradley hitting four three-pointers to kick off the final four. Uh, In the Alabama game, it's Arope and Mensa putting together the defensive performance that wins a title and, or sorry, beats the number one team in the country. And then 
Obviously, it came down to Lamont Butler hitting the game winner that will live forever. And San Diego got to have those moments. It's not even the best San Diego team of the last 15 years. It's either the third or fourth best team in the last 15 years. And this is the one that, in this wild and wacky March Madness bracket, made it to the championship. So it's cool that San Diego won. I I keep saying San Diego because, one, I don't want to say San Diego State because San Diego State is not a representation of this team in my mind, ideally. The the athletic department and the athletic director are not people who I want to be associated with this level of success and moment that belongs to the city and to the players on that team and to Brian Dutcher and Steve Fisher and what they built and what we harmonized about in our postgame. Uh, we did it for Wired Up on Sunday. And we're going to play it again at the end of this show, some of the reaction to the Final Four, because it will be the moment that sticks with me years and years from now. The moment that sticks with me is going to be that that moment of winning the Final Four game, advancing to the championship. The whole run will be remembered forever just because they made it to the championship game. Uh, They might be in the same vein as Butler, or they might be talked about the same way that you talk about uh, a team like... Gonzaga making it to the championship or whatever it might end up being it's just it's such a cool story such a cool moment for San Diego and the city I grew up in got to have that moment and I was uh so incredibly grateful to be a small part of it rooting along and learning with the players as they went it's sometimes more enjoyable to be surprised like this instead of having a rooting interest in the team my cynical heart grew three sizes over this run and I mean gosh going back to the San Diego Padres beating the 111 win Death Star Dodgers and Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl which made me feel all the good feels and then having the Sacramento Kings break their playoff drought the way they did last week San Diego State winning a national championship they got a regional trophy they got a trophy take home seeing them take home the trophy and then the buzzer beater by Lamont Butler to go to the championship game. I mean, all of it was was just incredible and, and super, super cool to watch play out. Even if it ends in a loss, I don't care. I had no expectations for it. So, and just as I had no expectations for any of those four curse-breaking championship moments, blowing up the Dodger Death Star, Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl... All of it was just no expectations and ended up delivering incredible moments that uh, this first year officially working in live sports, I will I will remember for years and years to come. So congratulations to you, San Diego. Thank you for delivering that incredible moment for myself. And more importantly, for delivering that moment to all of San Diego. My hometown and a town that deserves all the sports success in the world after 60 years of curses. The curse has been broken, and even if it doesn't end in a national championship, it ends in a regional championship, which is something that San Diego can't say they've accomplished since at least 1998 with the Padres. So it's been 25 years since this level of success for any San Diego team, and even if it didn't end in their first championship, 
the fact they were even here was incredible. So congrats to San Diego. The curse has been broken. We have been freed from 60 years of torment thanks to the Padres and San Diego basketball. The curse has been lifted. As it relates to UConn winning the national championship, I could go on all of this conversation about the Connecticut dynasty and talking about them coming back to prominence and what this championship means and a recap of the season. I think there's no more perfect way to do this, though, than to go back to our college basketball crash course six weeks ago. February 15th, the Wednesday after the Super Bowl, where I said, as the first thing out of my mouth for our college basketball crash course, because as you're going to hear me say, I don't watch a lot of college basketball anymore. It's a sport that my fan width has gone down. I shit you not, this is, I'm going to play it right now. This is not edited. This is not in uh, cut up in any way. This is how we started our college basketball crash course. The first words that we uttered talking about college basketball since April of 2022. The first words out of our mouth were talking about UConn. All right, let's do some college basketball talk because every year you, I, I have not been into college basketball this year. As the year, as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less involved in college basketball. It's just one of those things that as I've gotten older, I have less capacity for sports. And so um, the one thing that I learned the other day that uh, I need your verification on this because I, I, it feels strange to see it. Uh, is UConn good at basketball again? Yeah, they're good, but but they, they they were much better in December, January. So they are they are starting to crumble a little bit against the really good teams in the Big East, like Creighton going down to Creighton only by a point or two, I think, over the weekend. You know, losing the teams like Xavier at home, and these are the elite of the Big East. Uh, UConn's good. I mean, they're they're a very dangerous. Let's call them a five seed, maybe uh, in the NC two A tournament, uh, six seed. Uh, if you will, but I think UConn can go on a massive run in both the NC2A tournament and in the Garden for the Big East Championship. I do think they are a threat 
Listen, Kyle, this is the, I feel like you almost say this every year, but I'm going to say it more than any other year. It's just wide open. There's really no, there, there are not, there, excuse me, let me, let me rephrase that. There's not a group of eight teams that are just too good for everybody else. It's not the case. I don't even think there's a group of three or four teams that are too good for everyone else. I don't think Houston is that good. I don't think Texas, as we saw last night, six in the country, really should not, it shouldn't even be close. Texas Tech, I thought, I mean, they should have ran them out of the gym and they still won by seven. Um, Purdue's good. I mean, Zach Eady is almost unstoppable at times, but teams figure out how to play ZD and no, nobody did it better than on Sunday afternoon with Northwestern with a huge upset as a seven point dog. So um, it's wide open. And I think UConn, to answer your question, UConn has a path there uh, to, to, to get to the, uh, pretty far in the NCAA tournament. It's just all really going to be predicated on who they match up with. See, I was interested in that team specifically because I pulled up Ken Palm for the first time. Uh, I think it was like last week. And I mm-hmm. saw that they were six and I saw they were top 20 in offense and defense. They have an adjusted rating for that. And I was surprised by that. I was like, wow, okay, so UConn might be a deep threat. It's good to hear that they're four, five, six seed territory this year going into March Madness. It's going to take a lot to 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 get into that top four. Um, they're going to really have to do some damage in the Big East tournament. They're going to have to win it or reach the finals. Um, they just have they have a couple losses, right? Um, and I think um, in order to 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 reach that top four line, UConn is going to have to try to win out here in in February, March, um, most of their Big East games, which is not easy. The Big East is, and it's tough going to Creighton these days. It's tough going to Xavier. Uh, Seton Hall is not a great team, but it's not easy to win in Newark. So uh, it's I think it's one of my favorite conferences, honestly. It looks like Marquette's really good this year. I, mean, good. I, even, I didn't even mention him. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Sorry to interrupt you. I didn't I completely forgot to mention the best team likely in, in the Big East, uh, Marquette. I mean, Marquette, man, they just keep winning. And, and sometimes, Kyle, they win big. And, and that's what you don't see out of some of these teams in the Big East, like UConn, Xavier, um, I mean, they're going and they're they're going to you know they're going to the 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 teams like Butler, like DePaul, St. John's, and then they're not just you know getting getting through these games on the road and they're bullying them pretty good. I've seen Marquette go into some houses and win by ten plus points, which is never easy. So yeah, Marquette's going to be a very difficult team to deal with in the NCAA tournament. That was our actual analysis. My first joke when I, because what I've done the last two years is I don't watch college basketball. I will open Ken Palm rankings and evaluate college basketball based on that information. Literally, the first time I open Ken Palm for this year, I see UConn at number five. And my first thought is, oh, UConn's good at basketball again. And I could have stopped the analysis there, not watched a single college basketball game the entire season, showed up to the championship game, and my analysis would have been correct. Oh, UConn's good at basketball again. Yep. That was the first thought that came out of my head when I looked at Ken Palm, and the first thought that came out of my head ended up being correct. We could have summed up this entire college basketball season with just that clip uh is UConn good at basketball again yeah they're good that's it that's all we needed for the entire season was that analysis right there the first words of our college basketball crash course 
ended up being the tried and true analysis for the entire season. Can't believe it happened. It's hilarious. Here we are. It confirms that the way we do things is absolutely correct. Is UConn good at basketball? Yep. They're good. Uh, Is UConn good at basketball again? Yeah, they're good. First analysis of the entire season ended up being the correct analysis. And there's nothing I could say or do that will be better than that four-second clip that we keep playing. Uh, Is UConn good at basketball again? Yeah, they're good. February 15th, 2023, the first words we had uttered about college basketball in 10 months. Uh, Is UConn good at basketball again? Yeah, they're good. I can think of no more perfect ending to this season than right where we began, in the middle of February with Razor Rosenthal's Crash Course. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays. Make sure to leave a five-star review, download. All of your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. We will have more content, more friends, more good stuff coming at you the rest of this week. So stay tuned. Go back through the archives. Check out some old shows if something piques your interest. Talking Women's Final Four. Any and everything that you see down here is greatly appreciated. All of your support for our dreams does not go unacknowledged. And we thank you for supporting us all throughout this college basketball season and beyond. So we'll have lots more podcasts coming your way. In the meantime, we ask that you take it easy. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, Is UConn good at basketball again? Yeah, they're good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.